Well, it's good to uh, be with everybody this afternoon. Um, I want to read out of uh, Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 30 um, this afternoon. That's going to be the main passage I want to look at. Um, and there's there's three points um, of encouragement that I want to try to get out of this passage. Um, but we'll start. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and read it. It's uh, Romans 8, 18 through 30. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectations of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subject who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, he doth why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for what we see not, then we do then then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the, the hearts knoweth that is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be a firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called, them He also justified, and whom He justified, them He also glorified. So, the first point uh, that I want to make uh, from this passage, um, again, there's there's three points I want to make. Um, points of encouragement um, is number one: God is aware of our infirmities and situations, and that'll be verses eighteen through twenty-three. Um, I've been reading uh, my own time in, in Exodus, and uh, I kind of want to use some passages from Exodus to to parallel along with what we're looking at here in Romans 8. So I'm going to turn to to Exodus chapter 3. I'm going to be reading uh, verses 2 through 15 in Exodus 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and beheld the bush burning with fire. And the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he, that he turned aside to see, God called out, called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, 
for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I'm the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good land, and a large, and into a land flowing with milk and honey, into the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, uh, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. For now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the, the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto, the, unto Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. This shall be a token unto thee that I have set, sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of our fathers hath sent me unto you. And they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The God, the Lord God, of our fathers, the, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever. This is my memorial unto all generations. So I know those are kind of some lengthy um, passages there, but um, again, the first point I wanted to make is God is aware of our infirmities. And um, as I was kind of looking at Romans 8, um, I just thought that that passage from Exodus went went well with this first point that I wanted to make. Um, in, in Romans 8, Paul talks about the, the sufferings uh, of this present time. Um, and in Exodus, the Lord tells Moses that he's aware of the sufferings of his people. He's, he's heard the cry of the children of Israel. Um, and I don't think anyone here is not aware of this, but um, it's the same God. It's the same God in Exodus that, that Paul is talking about in Romans. Um, it's it's a it's a God who is aware uh, of the sufferings of His people, um, and in and in uh, Romans it talks about uh, Romans eight. It talks about how the sufferings of this present time, um, those sufferings, those trials, those struggles, are all things that God is aware of. Um, God is not ignorant. He does not turn His face um, away from His people. He's aware of the circumstances we find ourselves in, the trials we find ourselves in. Um, and those same trials that the Egyptian, excuse me, that the Israelites were going through at the hand of the Egyptians and that Paul is talking about, those same trials are not worthy to be compared. Um, and that's a, a really encouraging thought, um, that God is aware of our sufferings, um, and that He is, um, He has His finger on the pulse of, of everything that's going on with His, with His people. Um, and he is still in control 
Um, and we'll look at that more, uh, as we keep going. But, um, God is aware of the struggles we face in life. Um, those struggles, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us because of what Christ has done for us. Um, all earth is, is trapped in sin. Um, all earth is under the curse of sin. Um, but the, the struggles we go through here on, on, uh, on earth do not go, um, do not go on outside of the sovereign will of God. <clears throat> they do not, um, occur outside of God's, um, uh, will. They don't, there, there's nothing that happens that is taking God by surprise or, or, or um, taking him off, off guard. Um, all creation is under the bondage of sin uh, and the trials that we go through in life. Um, and just like Israel was under the bondage of Egypt uh, without hope and without the power to save themselves, um, outside of Christ, we're, we're in the same position as they are. Um, trapped under sin, trapped in the struggles, uh, the, the overwhelming sadness, the uh, sin, um, the difficult situations, difficult choices, um, outside of Christ, that the weight of all that rests firmly on on uh, mankind's shoulders. Um, but in Christ and because of Christ, we can be freed from that bondage. We can be freed from um, the reality that there's nothing I can do in this situation, and so all hope is lost. But all hope is not lost because of what um, Christ has done for us. We we have a hope um, for things to come. We have a hope for um, something better that's not worthy to be compared um, with our with our current trials and struggles. Um, but in Christ uh, and under His shed blood. Or we are in the care and grace of a God that knows our troubles. Um, I'm going to flip back over to Romans chapter 7 here. And this is, I just want to read one verse here, just uh, Romans 7, verse 21. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Um, and again, there is there is a law, uh, and, and, and Paul talks about it here, that in this life, uh, on this world, um, evil is always going to be present. Sin is always going to be present. Um, that that uh, reality of being under the curse of sin um, is, a, is a weighty one. It's, it's one that's... Um, um, ever present. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't ever, ever go away, um, until we're on the other side, um, with, with Christ. Um, but we see by examining ourselves, um, and our wicked hearts that even when we would seek to do good, sin is present. And so we see that sin that is ever present in our lives and the bondage that sin would keep us under without the shed blood of Christ Jesus um, is, is again, it's, it's a very weighty um, burden. And it's one that is, um, it, it, can, it can lead to discouragement. It can lead to feeling cast down. 
and not just sin, but struggles in life, sorrows, um, difficult circumstances, just being worn out um, with the day-to-day life. Um, these are weights um, that are on our shoulders. Um, in Romans chapter 7, verses 24 through 25, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. We see the desperation uh, of living with sin. Um, O wretched man that I am, in in verse 24. Um, That is a a, a genuine cry there. Um, I'm I'm wretched. I am. um, There is nothing good in me. Um, and that is because of the reality of sin, um, the reality of living under sin. Um, but we see the hope and the truth found in the saving grace of Christ and the reality of the spiritual warfare we must engage in. Uh, verse 25 of uh, Romans 7, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. Thank God. Um, thank, thank God for sending Christ to die for our sins, to remove that burden, to give us something greater to hope for. Something greater to hope for. And that hope is in the glory that will be revealed uh, in Christ um, as, as He returns. Um, we are constantly affronted. And I know this passage is talking specifically about um, the knowledge of sin through um, the law and, and sin being ever present with us, but it's not just sin. It's it's the struggles of, of life. It's the turmoils um, that we go through. Um, those burdens can be laid upon Christ and they can make our burden light because we know that what we're hoping for is something better. Um, again, it's not worthy to be compared. We're not, we're not hoping for something equally as good or we're not hoping for something that's marginally better. We're hoping for something that can't even be compared to our, uh, to our current circumstances. Um, and that's, um, that is a, uh, a reality that helps. It's not, um, it's not really something that you can, work out in your lives practically. You know, there's not really an action to take there, but it's a reality that if you keep in your mind and you, you dwell on it, um, it's a reality that, that helps with, like I said, whatever circumstances you know you find yourself in, whether it's sin or um, sorrow or um, just feeling bogged down. Um, it, it's a reality that, that helps. So that was, that was point number one. God is aware of our infirmities and our situations. Um, and then the second point I wanted to look at is, um, and, and again, this kind of leads into it, uh, which is God gives us something far greater to hope for. So this is going to be from Romans 8, 24 through 27. So we saw then in verse 18 of Romans 8 that the sufferings of this life are not worthy to be compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. That is the hope that God gives us. Um, the hope for something better, um, that we can, we can lean on that. We can lean on that reality. And it's something far better. Um, it can't even be compared. 
Um, now, we, we don't know exactly what it looks like, and we see that in verse um, verse 25 of Romans 8. But if we hope for that we have seen not, then do we with patience wait for it? Um, well, let's see. But yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Verse, verse 25 there. But if we hope for what we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Um, we don't know exactly what that glory will look like, that glory to be revealed, um, but we know from the passage that it will be better, that it will be um, a, a um, something that was well worth... Um, the run, the race of the Christian walk. It was well worth the endurance, the patience to um, endure to that to that end result of being glorified uh, in Christ Jesus. Um, it allows us to persevere when we are in the middle of a trial or a hardship, uh, great sorrows, or, or battling with sin. Um, it allows us to to continue on. Um, I'm going to turn back over to Exodus now um, in Exodus chapter 6. I'm just going to be reading uh, verses 1 through 8 of Exodus chapter 6. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage wherein there were strangers, And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you out into the land concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give you, give it to you for an inheritance. I am the Lord. So we see here, and again, this is the, the parallel that I was, I'm kind of trying to make here between Romans and Exodus. Um, the children of Israel were in bondage. They were slaves. Um, they um, had very little to hope for uh, in that in that life. They were constantly under the oppression of the Egyptians, um, working day in and day out, and there wasn't anything um, to hope for. I know it's it's uh, you know what, what I do is if if I have a particularly difficult week coming up at, at work. I'll kind of comfort myself with being like, okay, well, this weekend I can do this, or this weekend I can do that. Um, and I can try to 
you know, get myself through the week a little bit, you know, giving yourself little things to hope for as, as you labor, as you work. Well, um, the children of Israel didn't have that. There was no, there wasn't a weekend that they were, they couldn't wait to get to. There wasn't a Saturday break, um, for them. Um, more than likely it was, um, it was just bondage and, and they were just, um, used as slave labor. Um, but then God sends Moses and gives them something to hope for. And he tells Moses to tell them, I will be to you a God and you will be to me a people. And compared to living under the bondage of the Egyptians under Pharaoh, there is no comparison. That, that's, that is infinitely better, an infinitely better situation um, to be out from under that bondage um, because God heard their cries. But what we have to hope for um, in being glorified with Christ is even bigger. It's an even bigger upgrade than than the Egyptians or than the Israelites being being freed, uh, being let go. It is an even bigger um, um, is an even bigger thing that we can um, keep in our hearts and minds to be hopeful for than that, um, because it can't even be compared. It can't even be the 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 distinction, the uh, similarities can't even be made because it it will be that much better um, than than the situation that Israel was was freed from um, and being freed. Um, that hope that that God was giving them is uh, is one that we have as well, but it's again it's infinitely better. Um, than that, because we are we are brought under the new covenant, um, under the new covenant of Christ's blood, and under this new covenant, we are um, given the opportunity one to have a relationship with Christ, and two, um, the um, glorification that will come. Um, through Christ is something that is uh, we can't really wrap our minds around because we don't know what it will be like exactly, but we do know that it will be infinitely better, and it will there will be no more um, burdens, there will be no more trials um, when that day does come. Uh, and again, it's just it's just something that that God gives us to hope for, and again, not just a small upgrade to our already. Um, Easy lives in some cases, but but in other cases, our lives that are full of trials and and, and sorrow and um, difficulties. But it is a it is something that that can't be compared. Um, something so great, so great that we have um, to hope for. Um, we can hope in that hope that is to come. Um, the sorrows we face in this life um, are known by God. But in His great mercy, He gives us something to hope for, something better. Um, God helps us to pray uh, even in, in these difficult times. And that's what we see in, uh, in Romans 8. Verses 26-27. Likewise, the Spirit also helping, also helpeth our infirmities, but we know 
not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Um, kind of as I was, I was studying this, likewise the Spirit, I believe there he's talking about the Holy Spirit, um, helping us to pray. Um, when, when we know, um, we don't, we don't even know if we can find the words. Again, as we're going through these trials, these difficult circumstances, um, that it's talking about here in Romans 8, God, even in those moments, is providing for us, um, and helping us to pray. Um, I'm going to read, this is a short passage in Exodus chapter 4. It's just uh, verses 10 through 12 in Exodus 4. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of low tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who hath, who maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with you, thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. So again, God is, um, in the business of uh, provisioning for his people. Um, he is constantly at work in helping us when we are um, lacking. Um, so in this, in this instance, it's talking about God sending the Spirit to help us to pray. Moses was making an exception, um, voicing a concern to God that he didn't feel like he was an eloquent speaker. He didn't feel like he was the man for the job to lead the Israelite the Israelites out of um, the bondage of the Egyptians. But God says, "Okay, well, who gave you the mouth? Who created all of mankind? Who who causes the blind to see, um, the deaf to hear? I do." And God says, "I will be with you." I will, I will direct your mouth what to say. And we see the same thing in Romans 8. God will direct our prayers. He will make intercessions on our behalf uh, with groanings that cannot be uttered. Um, God is, again, he's, he's in the business of provisioning for His people. It's, it's such a sweet thought that when we are so entrapped in the troubles of life, the Spirit helps us to pray. Um, when we do, when we do not know what to pray for or how to begin praying in terrible circumstances, even then God gives us hope by sending the Holy Spirit to direct our prayers. God is always at work providing for His children by giving hope and helping us even to pray. So that was my, my second point, um, that we have something, um, so much greater to hope for and God is in in our lives, active as we're going through those circumstances, providing for us, um, providing for us as we um, go through life's difficulties, go through life's trials. And then the third point I want to make 
um, of encouragement is uh, God's children are never outside of his sovereign will. Uh, and this is Romans 28 through 30. Um, and I want to read read that those last three verses there in uh, Romans 8. We'll start in, in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. God's children, whether in good seasons of life or troubled seasons of life, are under his watch and care. Um, Verse 28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So for his children, for those that love God and are seeking after God, all things work together for good. Now, that doesn't mean that all things work out exactly how we want or exactly how we would envision them, but all things, whether you're in the midst of a terrible uh, trial or a terrible tragedy all things are working to get working together for good, um, and God's good is is way better than our our definition of good, um, because God is working in His children's uh, life to um, one to um, bring us closer to Him, two to bring us to repentance if we're in sin. Um, and three, to reveal to us His glory. Um, and again, that doesn't mean it's an easy life, and you, got, you guys don't need me to tell you that, but for God's children, even when everything in the believer's life is falling apart, we are still in God's plan to conform us to the image of His dear Son. Because for the believer, God predestined us from the beginning of time to be justified with the shed blood of Christ and because of that, we have a hope for our glory that is to come, and that will never change. In uh, This is in Romans 8 as well, but it's um, verses 35-39. And this is a familiar passage to everybody, but um, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who um, shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or pale, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, or any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Um, during the the meeting, uh, I think it was one of the last the last message that Jeremiah Bass preached. He talked about um, perseverance and to persevere is something that's that's difficult. Um, and again, you guys don't need me to tell you this, but um, God providing us. Passages like this, um, and, and scripture, all of scripture really, um, is a way that he is helping us to persevere, um, to press on. 
It's the way that He is providing us tools um, that help. And I, and I know I keep saying that, but they, they help as we go through um, trials of, of whatever nature they may be. God's giving us the tools, and He doesn't have to do that. But He does, in His mercy and in His kindness, give us passages like that to read that there's nothing that can remove us from His love. And so even though I'm in this difficult circumstance and it feels like um, I'm outside of Christ's love, I'm outside of His sovereign will, I'm not. Um, Because the same God that heard the cries of the Israelites is the same God that's aware that I'm going through something very difficult right now. And I need um, I need assistance. I need uh, reassurance so I can persevere. Um, and those passages, uh, like I just read there in, in uh, Romans 8, are given to us for that purpose um, so that we may persevere. And it is a, um, it is a, a tool and, a, and a, a great blessing that God sees fit to give us so that we may persevere. Um, we cannot be removed from the sovereign will of God and we can look back at Israel when in bondage and see how when God makes a covenant with His people, um, that's something we can always lean on. That's something we can always, excuse me, put our, put our hope in is God, God's promises, His, His covenant with His people. And with the new covenant we have with God through Christ, we have much to hope for even in our troubles, sins, and sorrows. Um, God led the children of Israel out of slavery um, to a land of milk and honey because of a promise He made to them, to to, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And He has made a promise with us as well. And that's um, over to, to John. And again, this is a familiar verse to everybody, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Um, and again, God's promises to His people, um, for His children, um, we have something better to hope for, which is an everlasting life uh, with Him. Um and again, it's, it's all because of God's promises. He promised to lead the children of Israel to a land of milk and honey. Um, and we have been promised um, to be glorified with Christ. And that's something we can hold on to in difficult um, circumstances through life. And it's something that we can, we can um, lean on. Uh, we can lean on when things are are difficult. Um, so I hope that was uh, encouraging. I hope that was uh, uh, something that that will uh, help um, as we go through different situations uh, through life. Um, but that's all I had uh, for this afternoon.